Welcome to the Leadership Playbook. My name is Emily Hawkins. How I used to introduce myself is, I have 15 years in supply chain, creating and leading teams, streamlining processes, managing millions of dollars. Except that's not what I do anymore. I'm a career and life coach. And I want to take you on the journey of how to lead yourself, how to take your career to the next level, whatever that may be. I'm going to give you tangible advice on exactly how to do what you want to do. Lead and love your life. Today's topic is going to be a little jarring, but I want you to hang with me because really amazing things can come out of horrible tragedies. And leading yourself and leading your teams through that is incredibly important. So I want to tell you today about my very best friend. When I was 18 years old and I started at the University of Tennessee, I remember a friend of mine saying, you've got to meet these twins. Loud, boisterous, hilarious people. I knew the second I met this girl that she was my people. I say this girl. I actually met her and her sister, but today I'm only talking to her. Her name is Nicole Hughes, and we have been friends literally since that day, back in 1999. Ooh, God, we're old. Um, And from there, what I want to tell you about is that this amazing friendship blossomed. She helped me through college. We were roommates junior year. She was exactly what I needed to stay on track in order to get through school. She helped me understand that being smart mattered. And in fact, it was the power that we all should embrace. But at the time, I didn't understand that. So she she really knew me before I knew myself. She also became a mother before I did, which was such a blessing. I have always called her my Yoda mom. And what I mean by that is she's the person that I could call whenever, when I was pregnant, when I had my children, no matter how old they are. And she would figure things out with me. She would say, oh, this worked for Lily. This worked for Reese, her two daughters. And the most exciting time for me was back in 2014 when we found ourselves pregnant at the exact same time. And we both were pregnant with boys. Our sons were born two weeks apart to the day. They were both born on a Friday. And I got to experience maternity leave with her. I got to experience crying and, oh my goodness, this is so hard, and we had other children with her, it was amazing to know that I she was one text away, always. And we were experiencing boyhood together for the first time. So I want to pass this over to Nicole because there's so much more to this story past our friendship, but I wanted you to know why this story in particular hits me hard. Thank you, Emily. You know, there's something so special about the friends that you make before, I mean, I met Emily before I even had, before I met my husband, before we had kids, we were still in college, beginning, the very beginning of college, actually. Um, And those friends are really just such treasures in life. And I'm so grateful for that our journeys have continued and just grown and we've stayed such close friends. So, and I'm I'm grateful to you for this chance to, to spread this message and just talk about leadership and tragedy in, in life. So we did. We had two girls, my husband and I, Lily and Reese, and then we did have our our third, what we expected to be our final uh, child, and he was a boy, and he came out uh, all boy, jumping and screaming all the time. He just, he was so full of energy. 
and his name was Levi, and he was adored in the way that third and final babies and only boys in the family, you know, just always are. The girls doted on him, and um, we... He was just the perfect finality, you know, to our family. And my husband is that anesthesiologist. And a dec over a decade ago, we became really good friends with five other families that did residency with him. And so we would we went to we had an annual beach trip every single year. And uh, this they we lived in six different states by this point. But every year we'd meet for this week in June, and. All of our kids would play and everything, which was just so seamless. It was one of our favorite weeks of the whole year. And in June of 2018, on our first full day, it was a Sunday. It was just a perfect day. And um, the kids played and ran and ate popsicles and swam in the pool and flew kites. And later that night, um, I gave Levi a bath and we'd already swam all day. He'd been in a life jacket all day long because I thought, I was doing everything right with water safety. And we were waiting on it to get dark. And my um, husband, all the dads always took the kids crab hunting the first night. They had matching shirts. And uh, it was really the highlight of the week for the dads and the kids, to be honest. So we were just waiting for it to get dark, and we were kind of standing there. Levi was sitting on the couch, surrounded by friends. Um, we were watching TV. He had a bowl of Cheetos. And I, I was like, oh, I saw some brownies. And I thought, oh, I'm going to give him a brownie. So I broke these brownies in half, this brownie in half, put half in his bowl. I put the other half in my mouth and turned around to, he was sitting on the couch. I turned around to close a bag of Cheetos. I wasn't on my phone. I wasn't drinking. I didn't even sit down and turned around after doing that. I mean, it had only been a moment and walked out the balcony. I was actually walking to the other side of the, the house and looked over the balcony just out of instinct and happened to, and when I looked over, I saw Levi at the bottom of the pool in the deep end wearing his neon yellow crab hunting shirt. And at first, at first I was confused, honestly. I thought you can, he was sitting on the couch. He was wearing khaki shorts. We weren't even swimming. And there were 10 adults in the room and 15 kids. And I thought, how? How did he get out the door? I mean, I, I couldn't, my brain could not process it. And I panicked and ran screaming down the stairs, running, yelling. I, the words that were coming out of my mouth were horrifying enough that anybody within what felt like a mile radius came running. Um, and I, I jumped in to pull him out of the water. And Someone else was in the water with me and grabbed Levi's other arm, and together we pulled him out. And it wasn't until later that I realized one of our friends had rushed out the door, seen him at the bottom of the pool, and had hurled himself off the balcony into the water um, to reach him at the same time that I did. And I will say in this tragic, horrific story, there are just these small moments of mercy and in that one, that I didn't even know who was in the water with me. I just know in this horrible moment that I have to relive forever that I wasn't alone. Um, and I really am so grateful for that. And it was one of our dear friends. And again, for the small mercy that we were surrounded by these people who loved Levi as much as we did. And so we pulled him out of the water. My husband, like I said, is an anesthesiologist. And so we had six physicians there. And they immediately worked on him, um, gave him... CPR. They even fully intubated him. They had an airway kit and were able to regain a weak pulse. Uh, he, Levi was airlifted to Mobile, but he never, we lost him just hours later. And 
obviously, I never really thought I would be the mom who lost a child, and especially not the mom who lost a child to a preventable tragedy. And as we grappled with this over the next few days, I mean, the truth is my husband and I are both type A, successful people who give our best to everything we do. And parenting was really no exception. And we just kept thinking, how did we not know? How did we not keep him safe? Why were we so confused that he drowned when we weren't even swimming? And my husband, a week after Levi died, found the statistics on the CDC website that drowning is the number one cause of death for children ages one to four. 80% are actually males of drowning deaths. And 69% of children who drown, toddlers who drown, do so during a time they aren't expected to be swimming, but somehow slip out a door unnoticed for just a moment, just like our Levi. And because toddlers don't know to hold their breath, they don't know to fight, drowning is silent and it is quick. And a toddler, a child under 30 pounds can drown in less than 30 seconds. And we just sat there with these statistics sitting between us. And it was truly like our hearts just shattered all over again. Um, and I jumped up from, I finally like got my, start my heart started beating again. I, I was able to breathe and I jumped up and I said, I have to fix this. I have to do something about it. And immediately went inside to my computer and turned to Google. I didn't actually have that clear of a plan. I just knew this had to be fixed. Um, and so my first idea was my husband and I, when the kids were swimming, were always very diligent about designating supervision. Who is watching the kids when they're swimming? You know, I would ask my husband, do you have them? I'm going inside. You know, confirm with me. Do you have them until I come back? And he would say, you know, yes. But even I know as a parent how easy it is to get distracted by another child. You know, we had three kids. And if one of them needed extra sunscreen or their goggles tightened or whatever it was, you know, there could be that 10 seconds where I had to divert my eyes from all three of them. And so during us, and then especially once we went back inside, Levi had already had a bath. He was wearing khaki shorts. He had already eaten dinner. And I didn't even know that that was a time that we should still be supervising our kids. Um, Because even though the pool was out of heavy doors, through a room full of people, down a flight of stairs, um, there was still a way he could access it. And, And I just... I will never stop wishing I could go back and see him get out those doors. I don't know how we didn't see him get out. But um, so I came up with this idea of a waterproof tag that is a water guardian tag that essentially tags the person who is the water guardian. Tag, you're it, you're the water guardian. Um, And then it's just cumbersome enough that it reminds the person who's wearing it, so you can wear it on a necklace or um, on a wrist, and it reminds the person who's wearing it that, hey, you said you're the designated supervisor, um, and it's an alert to kind of other people that, if you know, if you see this person on their phone or something, just remind them, oh, you're the water guardian. You are watching the child, and then you actually tag it off to the next person so there's no confusion about who is watching the kid um, or the children. And and then the, another reason that I really believed in this as well was because had we had one of these when we went back into the beach house, my husband, Levi had just been sitting on his lap just moments before, and we would have continued to watch him unless the door was deadbolted at the top where he couldn't reach it. And even then we could have hung the tag 
on the deadbolt as a reminder of, okay, do not undeadbolt this until someone is watching, you know, the, the children who can't swim and, and making sure that there are, there are barriers in place for their access to the pool. And I didn't really, I had no idea. I'm not a business, I'm a teacher, I'm a literacy coach. And um, I had no idea how to design a product or develop one. But I, so I just went to Google and Googled waterproof ID cards and it called the very first number that came up. And it was a company called instantcard.net. And when I called them, it was he just incredibly kind and believed in my idea. But he said, I have to connect you with my friend who's the president of the American Lifeguard Association. And he did. So within hours, I had a product, a draft of a product, a full endorsement from the American Lifeguard Association for this idea. And then, of course, I thought, oh, well, now I have to do it. Oh, no. <laughs> and so I didn't know what else to do. So I just I just kept Googling at every turn and taking a risk. You know, I really am just a normal mom, just a normal person who felt this information should have reached me. And I can't sit back and watch all summer as children drown every day and and not do something to try to stop it. Something that I really think we need to talk about is the fact that before this, I remember when you were pregnant with Lily, you read 26 parenting books. And your husband is an anesthesiologist. So two of the most educated people, people who are dedicated to your husband, you know, keeping people alive, and then you being somebody who's an educator and cared about children so much, uh, you have a master's in teaching as well. There is nothing in any of this documentation about the water safety. And it blows my mind because the reason why this means so much to me personally, like I said before, Nicole is my Yoda mom. And if she didn't know about this, then I knew no one knew about this. So what led you to the American Academy of Pediatrics? Something I want people to know on this podcast is Nicole, along with Bodie Miller and his wife, uh, she is going to be the keynote speaker at the AAP National Convention in a few weeks. And I know that there are lots of drowning victims out there. There are parents of drowning victims, I should say. How did that happen? How did that transpire? What makes your story so different? Yes, yeah, so Bodie and Morgan Miller, who are these genuine, funny, talented, devoted parents, uh, we were connected just a few weeks after June 10th because their daughter, Emmy, drowned as well. And we are we are partnering with the American Academy of Pediatrics. And when I when I think about, when I look back over the last eight months, almost nine months since we lost Levi, and I think... You know, I developed a nonprofit, developed a product, developed a nonprofit. Um, more of the water guardian tags were sold in the first night. I mean, they their entire system crashed. And since then, thousands and thousands have been sold. But even beyond the designated supervision and the importance of the water guardian, I just knew, I kept thinking, there is something else. Why was I so confused when I saw Levi in the water? And I knew it was awareness. I just didn't even know, we didn't even know to protect him or how to protect him from something like water safety. I mean, I definitely fell into the group of everyone who assumes that drowning happens to other people, um, that it happens to neglectful parents who don't watch their kids 
when they're swimming. I mean, that's just the reality. And the, the greatest threat to drowning prevention efforts is the stigma around who and when and how people think drowning occurs. And I thought, I have to break those barriers. And I didn't, I didn't have time. It was June, the end of June still. And I thought, kids are drowning every day. This cannot be a slow mission. This has to happen immediately. What is the quickest and most effective way to reach parents and tell them this? And immediately I knew, oh, it's pediatricians. Because I respect and love my own pediatrician so much that I knew this was the answer. With my husband being a physician, I also was aware how the national sets the priorities for the local. My husband as an anesthesiologist can't research his own drugs. He depends on the national to set the priority for how what what is what does become the focus, you know, for pediatricians. Um and so again, I just I didn't know what to do. I mean, I, I actually there wasn't really a very clear plan. I just knew I had to reach the AAP. And I, I figured the best way to do that would be through parents themselves. So I decided to write. I wrote an article um, describing how we lost Levi, how confused I was, and essentially asking the American Academy of Pediatrics to help join us in this fight and, and launch a national drowning prevention campaign. You know, drowning is the number one cause of death for children ages one to four and the number two for ages five to 19. So this affects all of childhood, all of childhood. And yet our culture just turns the other way. It's an afterthought to almost everybody. And we, we had to, it has to change. It just has to change. And so I um, wrote this article. I, once again, I mean, I truly, there was a strategy behind it, but my strategy was really just revolved around Google and taking a chance. And it was terrifying because I thought, you know, what if I put this out there it's, I was, felt very vulnerable. It's scary to take a risk, especially a public risk, because what I just kept thinking, what if I fail and they say no? And all these people know I asked them and that they said no. Um, and then I just, but, you know, in the back of my head, I kept thinking, but what if they say yes? What if they say yes? And this truly, this mission really does work. Um, so I Googled mom, mom blogs with the most followers and Scary Mommy was at the top. So i took a risk and emailed them and said, will you please publish this? Um, and they said, absolutely. And we think it's really courageous and we would be honored to publish it. And there was so much validation for me in, in their response, to be honest, because this is a very popular mom blog who also, you know, they told me we had no idea. This is the drowning how quickly it happens and when it is happening. The article was published and um, in July and with the connection, the friendship, the amplification of uh, Morgan Miller, and because the article really resonated with her as well, because you know she lives in California and also just had no idea about the true danger of wind drowning was actually happening. Um, so within 48 hours, we were, you know, I was on a phone call with the CEO of the AAP, and pediatricians are powerful, devoted advocates for children. The time and effort that they have put into this cause over just the last, you know, few months has has been truly incredible. The next week, Bodie and Morgan were on the Today Show, and then there was a separate interview with, with Morgan and myself just talking about from a mother's standpoint and grief and how we would make it through. And, and we do, we are determined to 
change these statistics and prevent other children from suffering this tragedy that is 100% preventable. Since July, really, we have been partnering on a national partnership with the American Academy of Pediatrics, and they will, they are updating, you know, new resources, an entire campaign really focusing on when and how drowning happens, who it happens to, you know, teenagers are more likely to drown in natural water because they don't wear life jackets, and whereas toddlers are more likely to drown during an unanticipated swim time in a pool. Infants under age one are more likely to drown in a bathtub. So really focusing on the different stages and the different types of drowning that can happen and also giving parents concrete steps to take so that this doesn't happen to them. Four-sided fencing, survival swim lessons starting at age one that teach your child self-rescue if they ever were to get in the water uh, without you. Designated supervision, you know, uh, learning CPR to respond immediately. So parents not only are, are being told, hey, this this happens to real people, but also here is what you can do to prevent this. Because if your child doesn't make it to kindergarten, Levi will never start kindergarten. He will never learn to ride a bike or trick-or-treat again. And when I think about, well, what are the odds? How did my child drown? But the odds are actually very high. It was the number one reason of death. So that it, that's, of course, that's why he didn't make it. He won't make it to kindergarten. You know, and because I know I'm just a normal mom who can barely make tacos or get my kids to dance with the right exact ballet shoes, um, I'm just a mom who's a teacher, who's a person who's juggling laundry and cooking and all homework and everything, just like, you know, every parent out there. And I look at what has happened and that just since June— we have managed to launch an entire, a national drowning prevention campaign from the most powerful influencer of, of parents in the country. And drowning doesn't happen to the parents. It happens to the child. And that, you know, we will have to live with this heartache and grief and regret forever. I mean, this is, this will never stopped suffocating me. But it's not even about me. It's about Levi. He didn't even have a chance to save himself. I had not put him in swim lessons. I didn't think he was ready. And at night when I can't sleep and I have to think, was he scared? I I don't want any other parent to have to think that. I don't want any other parent to have to tell their five and nine-year-old daughters that their brother is never coming home. I do not want other parents to have to decide And you have minutes when it's a tragedy if you will cremate or bury your child. And that really just keeps pushing me forward because this is the number one cause of death and the number two for all of childhood. And we really can fix it. And so my belief that this is a, a mission that needs to be addressed has really fueled me. And my decision at the very beginning that I'm doing whatever it takes, whatever risks I have to take, because I do believe in this so strongly. And final moments we had with him, um, I was still wearing the wet clothes that I had jumped in the pool to to get him, to save him. And we couldn't imagine the future that lay ahead of us. And, but we kissed him one final time. We told him how much we loved him on repeat. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And we whispered into his ear. And, and I told him, I said, Levi, The very last words I ever said to him were, Levi, I didn't know. I just didn't even know to protect you. I'm so sorry. 
I will never stop loving you, and I promise you I will fix this. We had to walk out of the hospital room without him just moments after I told him that. I've realized over the past few months that nobody is born more special than anybody else. We all are just people juggling and trying to be people and juggling relationships and all the things we have to do, but it's the people who just make the decision to do something beyond themselves that are the ones who do it. Something that I think is so amazing is one Google search turned into another. And the greatest thing that I think that you can do now is you can Google Levi's legacy and find more about this. But where else can people learn more? I know you're very active on Facebook and Instagram, and you also have a Levi's legacy website. Clearly, they can Google it, but where? Are, what are those addresses? Uh, Levi's Legacy's website, it's levislegacy.com, and it is a nonprofit, and there are drowning prevention resources and links to printables and swim lesson access and, and, and different um, ways to explain the layers of pr- protection that really need to come with drowning. Um, my Instagram is Nicole Hughes 8, and I do share about Levi and the grief and everything that we're going through from the advocating for water safety to, you know, Levi's birthday is just in a few days and, and um, just trying to process this grief. And really, I never thought this would be my life, but I, I realize now I am trying without even having made this decision to not only break the barriers on drowning prevention, but on child loss as well and the grief that comes along with that. And Facebook is Levi's Legacy Water Guardians on Facebook. The American Academy of Pediatrics will, within a few, be releasing updated, very thorough resources on Johnny Prevention as well, so on their Healthy Children website and through the American Academy of Pediatrics as well. I never wanted my Yoda mom to also take me through this journey, but she has And she's taught me such a beautiful way of doing this. She is grieving publicly, which is something that she will tell you she didn't know she was going to do either. But if you were going to lose your child, do you know how you would grieve? Because I don't know what that looks like. But what I've learned from this horrific tragedy is that you can put a purpose and a mission and a vision around anything. I asked Nicole for a clip of Levi. And she sent me several, but I I really wanted to share this one because he's funny. He sounds just like my son and probably your son. So listen to Levi and his hilarious self. And remember, drowning happens in seconds. Who were you telling me about? I'm on the basketball. Yeah, you were telling me about Mama and Daddy and Riri and who else? Who gave you the ketchup? Uh, Pfeiffer. Do you like Pfeiffer? Uh huh. Uh huh. I want to be basketball. Do you like Do you like people in general, or do you mostly hate everybody? I mostly hate everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you love what you heard today and you want more? Sign up for my weekly email in the show notes. You can also follow me on Facebook or LinkedIn by simply typing in Emily Hawkins, the number four, the letter U. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, it's at ehawkins28. I'll see you here next week.